0: From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt. This is preseason episode three, and now we're getting some expectations, official expectations, Big 12 conference expectations. It's time. This week, they rolled out the preseason awards for individual players. They rolled out the coaches' poll of who they think is going to win the league, rank the teams in a preseason poll that the coaches vote on. And um, like on on paper, not great. (laughs) If you take stock in the preseason poll and the preseason voting for individual awards, just on paper, well, there's just not a lot to see on paper for the Mountaineers. Preseason awards a Mountaineer won 0 of those. Not the player of the year preseason, not the preseason freshman, not the preseason newcomer, not the preseason first team, not the preseason honorable mention. Zero Mountaineers in the awards section. On paper, not great. Last year, WVU finished last in the conference, and there were Mountaineers on the preseason award list. Okay, For just it's just letting you know, not that just just spitting facts here. Okay, so that's the spin zone on that. Look at the poll. Where are the Mountaineers coming off of a season where they finished dead last? The Big Twelve coaches predict that WVU will finish. Ninth out of 10 teams in the Big 12 this season. Had they been predicted this low since they've been in the Big 12? They have not. This is as low as it's went. Ninth. Uh, Kansas State, the confirmed predicted last place team in the Big 12 conference. That is not a shock. I had them eighth, you know, I saw the preseason awards and based on that I predicted that the coaches would pick WVU eighth and I built in a Bob Huggins bump. Typically the coaches in this league, I think they think where they think this is what I think WVU is going to be this season and they've got a Hall of Fame coach and so we bump them up a spot. Because he's Bob Huggins, I really believe that's the case. No Bob Huggins bump, unless the Bob Huggins bump. Oof! I don't want to. I'm just thinking about this. What if the Bob Huggins bump is? We think their last Bob Huggins bump gets them to nine. Let's just. I said that out loud. Let's not dwell on that. So they're predicted ninth. So, kind of good news, bad news. I'll give you the bad news first, and I've talked about this on this podcast in, in past preseasons, the coaches are pretty good with this specifically how they predict the Mountaineers season to go. Like there may be one spot, two spots off. Sometimes they get a dead on, but it's not like, Hey, WVU is, is going to finish ninth and then West Virginia wins the conference. And we all know that that hasn't happened because Kansas, right? And now Baylor, um, but they're pretty close. So that's in the bad news category. That's definitely <laughs> that's definitely one for that list. It's not great because they're they're pretty spot on with predictions. Good news and glass half full. There's nowhere to go but up. I mean, really, when you've got wholesale changes and you were the last place team in the conference. What should the expectation be? It should not be top half of the conference. So it's fine. Ninth is fine. From a pure expectations level, you can only not meet expectations if you finish last. (laughs) If you are ninth place in the Big 12 conference, then uh, you could go to the NIT. You could definitely have a winning record because this, this conference is a gauntlet. Not the standard WVU should set for themselves. Nothing you should pat on, pat yourself on on the back and say, hey, we're the ninth best team in the conference. Like that's not a goal. I'm just saying you you can be ninth in this league and not be a bad team. And you can be ninth this season and show improvement from last season. So those are all glass half full things. And then just from a, listen, for me, Would I rather have high expectations with a higher opportunity of not meeting them or have low expectations with nowhere to go but up? Of those two. And as a WVU fan for, for, you know, as long as I can remember, then I always love the seasons where you go in with no expectations versus the how many times in basketball have they met the expectations that were high? Like, it's the exception. It's not the rule. Like, the 2010 Final Four team, they were predicted to be really good. And they were really good. And they made the Final Four. So that's that's one that sticks out. <laughs> they were pretty good with predictions during the, the Best Virginia run about them being good. And then they ended up being good. But and I don't have... Sadly, I don't have specifics. I'm not prepared to tell you the seasons where they didn't meet expectations. But you know, as a WVU fan, when they're when they when they're saying, when people outside of you are saying, hey, they're gonna be good. I don't like that. The classic example, 2018, 2019, preseason poll 15th, the year after Javon Carter and Daxter Miles left. That was not that that bar was set high. That was the only time WVU was in a poll ever was before games are played. So that's my one specific example. So uh, pros and cons. Another pro, based on history, is that Bob Huggins is in his in his Hall of Fame career. He he rarely has losing seasons, and even and like. It doesn't exist when you look at his record. He's never had two losing seasons in a row. It just hasn't happened. He's had three losing seasons with WVU. They have never been back-to-back. West Virginia's finished dead last two times since they've been in the Big 12. So let's get into the season after. Here's what history says. WVU's first year in the Big 12, they didn't finish last, but it was a losing season. The following season, 2013-14, they were were 500 in conference. They were 9-9. and That was good enough for a tie for sixth at the end of the year in the Big 12. And that was good enough for a trip to the NIT. Okay? And that is, so that's improvement. And that's definitely not ninth place. The more recent example is what I just talked about. 2018-19, they finished dead last. Seven scholarship guys disappear for various reasons. Transfer portal, want to go pro. Uh, Ran out of eligibility. And then a bunch of new guys come in. Yes, some of those guys included the national player of the year last year in college basketball and a guy who's in his second season in the NBA. Like, those were additions that year. I don't know if we've got – those those kind of guys coming in this year but still last place the season before and in 2019-2020 season West Virginia again they didn't set the world on fire but the previous year they were dead last in that season that was pandemic season they finished 500 in conference that was good enough as a tie for third in the in the Big 12 and if it wasn't for that darn pandemic WVU would have been in the NCAA tournament, so that's what history says. With Bob Huggins, is that he doesn't do it. He doesn't go bad season twice in a row. So, do I know what we have? No, <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to bail on giving a, a definitive answer. How do you? How do you make an informed decision with all of these new guys? I, I you. I'm having a hard time with that. So. But that's what history says: is that he does, Huggins doesn't do it twice in a row, and based on those two specific examples, the next season he gets the 500 in conference and gets to a postseason tournament, either the NIT or the NCAA. So that's better than the year before. That's not my definitive. Uh, And I'm going to make it the definitive guess slash prediction for how the season's going to go. I'm going to take that information into consideration across the U.S. nation. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Apparently, they don't score touchdowns on Thursday nights. Two weeks in a row, very little scoring. So, pick a Thursday night NFL game. Pick the team you like. Pick the under. Pick something else. Boom stepped-up same-game parlay. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. two player profiles this week uh last week focused on the juco guys now let's talk about a couple of more transfers in these guys that i'm talking about this week come from the transfer portal (laughs) talked about trey mitchell he's in this group talked about him in preseason episode one If you haven't heard that, check that out. There's two other guys who've played Division I basketball who find themselves in Morgantown for the 2022 2023 season. I'm going to start with Joe Toussaint, six foot guard from New York. Just based on that description, I love it. Bob Huggins and New York City point guards. Like, that's just a, that feels good. That just feels warm and fuzzy, you know? When I think of a Bob Huggins player, I think of a six a undersized power forward who gets all the rebounds and is an athlete. And I think of a undersized true point guard from one of the five boroughs. So just based on that, welcome, Joe Toussaint. Welcome addition. Uh, true point guard. Like just buy that for this team. Last season did not have a true point guard. Bob Huggins rolls it out sometimes. Like, Javon Carter did not come in as a true point guard. Um, like, I mean, they stand out because of how rare it is to have the you, your Jawan Staten, your truck Bryant. Like, it's, it's a small list of guys that come in like, I'm a true point guard and guys recruited by Bob Huggins. So Joe Toussaint, true point guard. Played three seasons in the Big Ten. So with love and respect to Malik Curry, this is not an Old Dominion guy. This is an Iowa guy. Played three seasons there. Last season started the first 21 games. They were having slow starts. McCaffrey threw Bohanna back into the point guard slot. Put Joe De- Joe Toussaint on the bench to back him up. And I'm sure that had something to do with Joe Toussaint entering the transfer portal with the opportunity of proving it somewhere else. And so he's going to try to prove it this year in Morgantown. When you look at Joe Toussaint's stats, because I have not seen a lot of Joe Toussaint, did not watch a lot of Iowa. You know, just McCarthy. Is it Fran? Fran McCarthy? Um, I'm sure maybe he's not a pleasant guy. Maybe he is a pleasant guy. From the outside looking in, I know I was really good at, at offense. Not as great at defense. So, like, in theory, they should be fun to watch. And yet, if you just had a camera on Fran McCarthy, I don't – I pass. No thank you. Joe Toussaint, when you look at his per 100 possession stats, uh, they – you know, his points per game regressed each season. Like, his freshman season, sophomore season, junior season, each season his points per game went down. Also, when you look at the steals per game per 100 possession, they went up each year. So not as as drastic as the points per game went down, but the steals per game did go up. And you look at the stats, Joe Toussaint, not a three-point shooter, does not shoot a ton of threes. So he likes to shoot inside the three-point line. When you watch his freshman highlight film on YouTube, it's filled with highlights of Joe Toussaint getting to the bucket and and dishing out to a guy on the three-point line and shooting mid-range shots. And he's not bad from the mid-range, like 48% from two last season. So uh, that's, that's not bad, especially for a WVU team. 48% from two is good for a point guard. When you go to the advanced stats, you go to a, like a shotquality.com where they're trying to keep track of your shot quality rate. Are you taking good shots? Are you part of good possessions? Uh, it doesn't look favorably on Joe Toussaint. It's not great. But just from a how many are you making, he made 48% of his twos last year. So that's not bad. I like that. And I don't think he's going to be asked to be a shooter. I think Bob Huggins is going to ask Joe Toussaint. He's probably not going to start. So that's not great to transfer out of a backup role into another school and be a backup. He does have another season of eligibility after this. But my prediction for Joe Tucson is that he's going to be the backup. He's going to average 15 to 20 minutes. And he's going to be asked to, when he's in there, go hard, run the offense, be the two-point guard, get good shots for other guys, and – and hold your own on defense because I, I have not seen him play. <laughs> so that's on me, but he's a six-foot guard. So that can be there can be matchup concerns in college basketball if you're if you're six foot. It's just what it is, with switches or whatever. So uh but in my mind, again, having not seen Joe Toussaint play, I picture in my head the Jordan McCabe role. Like when my Ma- when Deuce took the starting role and then Jordan McCabe came in and gave his 10 to 15 minutes, just tack on a few more minutes and picture Joe Toussaint. He's got, I'm assuming Joe Toussaint based on his steals numbers that he is better at defense than Jordan McCabe with love and respect to Jordan McCabe. So I definitely predict Joe Toussaint will be part of this, uh, of the rotation this season. I don't predict that he's going to be a starter. Um, and his role is to run offense and to get guys buckets and to not turn the ball over. Just be a good point guard. And, you know, who knows if, if he'll finish games, you don't have to start to be a big contributor on the team. I think Joe Toussaint has a role on this team on the flip side of that. It's it. I don't like that Joe Toussaint jumps in and has a role when we've got Kobe, Johnson, and we've got Seth Wilson, second-year guys. Joe Toussaint takes minutes from those guys. Uh, so let's see how that pans out in the future and their future at WVU. But this this is about Joe Toussaint. That's my prediction for him. And then the next guy is getting a lot of play in this preseason. He has – this is his last year of eligibility. It's shooting guard Eric Stevenson, and my man is w- – is not from West Virginia. He's from as far away from West Virginia in the continental United States as you can be. Actually grew up near Emmett Matthews. You you see pictures of them playing AAU basketball, playing high school basketball. I, I'm assuming against each other, not on the same team, but definitely know each other. Eric Stevenson, has, this is his fourth school in five seasons of college basketball. So, Two seasons at Wichita State, a season at Washington, a season last year at South Carolina, and is going to finish his college career in Morgantown at WBU. And this guy has a type in regards to, to a head coaching style. My man is pretty consistent. I don't know, I don't know the rep for the head coach at Washington. I do know the rep for the other guys he's played for. He's played for Greg Marshall at Wichita State. Greg Marshall does not have a job. You can you can check his Wikipedia to see why he doesn't have a job. Bit of a screamer, all right? <laughs> Read about Greg Marshall, but just at a base level, uh, Greg Marshall's a screamer. He played last year for Frank Martin. Frank Martin reminds me of the angry character in Inside Out. 100% hothead as a coach. Definitely A bit of a screamer. And he's gonna wrap it up. (laughs) He's gonna wrap up his college career with one Bob Huggins, Hall of Fame coach Bob Huggins. He's a screamer, he softened in his in his later years. Um, but the man's a screamer, that's something that he does, I'm sure he does in practice, and so I mean, I just pick it, so he's got a type and as far as how that fits in being a, a good fit with WVU and with the Bob Huggins team, uh, that's a win. Like I picture Eric Stevenson, if I hey man, can I look at your phone? His wallpaper it could be <laughs> it could be a like a a picture of Bob Knight in that Indiana sweater, or like a a picture of 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 Bob Knight throwing a chair across the court. Like that's his vibe. That's that's the kind of guy he wants to roll with. All right? So that to me good fit. Amazingly, in his one year in South Carolina, he shot 62 free throws and he made 61 of them. So my man Eric Stevenson averaged 98% from the free throw line. <laughs> uh and I'm not I'm not trying to put any bad juju on 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 eric stevenson that's a that's a high bar we talked about the low bar of being predicted ninth in the conference uh my man has set a high bar for free throw shooting because to do better than that this year he has to shoot 100 <laughs> percent, and that's tough that is a very high expectation that it will be very difficult to match but he did it that season that's amazing 98%! 61 free throws, roughly 30 games. So it's not like he's he's living at the line. But every time he went, except the one time, he made the free throw. You can't do any better than that unless he made that one that he missed. So that is amazing. Now, I tell you that he only missed one free throw last year. What I also tell you based on his four years in his college career at three different schools, he has not averaged over 40% shooting. So the clips on the internet, what he's doing in practice at the practice facility in Morgantown, he doesn't miss. And why would they show? (laughs) They did actually show him missing a shot where somebody blocked the shot, but the goal of that video was to show multiple guys blocking shots in a possession okay they wanted you to see that but they also wanted you to see eric stevenson not miss and so he's not missing in the highlights of course he's not but his college career he misses a a lot for a two guard to to not crack 40 percent from the field it's not great so uh, having not watched eric stevenson play besides four years ago when Western played Wichita State in one of the November tournaments? Like, how can both be true? How can you shoot 98% from the free throw line one season and yet in, you can't break 40% from the field? God. I'm not asking you to answer that. That's just, that's really confusing. Um, And so listen, he's, he's, he's going to media day. Media day for the Big 12 is next week in Kansas City. Bob Huggins usually brings tried and true veterans. Like he bang, he brings four-year guys, which Eric Eric Stevenson is. He's definitely a seasoned veteran. But this is his first year in Morgantown. And so when the announcement came out that Kedrian Johnson is going to Kansas City, totally makes sense. Emmett Matthews is going to Kansas City, totally makes sense. No shock there. But Huggins rarely brings the newcomer. And yet Eric Stevenson has made an impression on this team enough and made an enough of an impression on Bob Huggins that he's been picked to make this trip. So I don't, I know what the stats say, but that is a definite um, seal of approval. Hey, I believe in you of like, hey, represent the Mountaineers. You've been here a few months. Uh, I want you to represent the Mountaineers on media day. That's big. So sight unseen, that little nugget says that he has a major standing on this team, and in a short amount of time, has gravitated to like the the inner circle, the guy you're looking up to, a a a leader, a possible leader for this team, and he's been here a minute. So credit to Eric Stevenson for that. The social media team uh, has has given him the nickname. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Arm sleeve E Steve. Arm sleeve E Steve and i'm guessing they put that together because he's wearing an arm sleeve so that's the first part and then e steve that's you know short for you know east for eric steve is for stevenson felt like i had to explain that to you but that's is that a great nickname no if the 40th time you say it out loud (laughs) it does kind of get stuck in your head arm sleeve e steve arm sleeve e steve so unique nickname that I'm not sure he he definitely didn't give that to himself. Uh, I don't know how comfortable he is with having that. I did not make that up out of thin air. That is something that is on the internet from within the, the social media team at, for WVU basketball. As far as vibes, Eric Stevenson, he was on Twitter today reacting to WVU getting picked ninth out of ten teams. What was his reaction on Twitter? Three crying laughing face emojis, and that's I like that energy. That I read that as you got to be kidding me, <laughs> and, we're, and we're not going to finish ninth. And I believe he said in a prom in, in a in a press conference like he promised that WVU is going to be good this year. Now that's a what good means? That's casting a wide net, but he he's promising a good season and he's laughing at ninth out of 10 teams. And I like that energy. That's great. I I love that. So you put all that in a blender and what's my prediction for Eric Stevenson? This is my X-factor guy. I mean, you could argue uh Trey Mitchell is an X-factor guy. You can argue one of the uh, JUCO bigs is like an X factor of what they can bring this season. Um, this is my guy. This is, I think, how West Virginia does this season will be based a lot on what Eric Stevenson brings to the team. Um, fairly or unfairly, he's going to be compared to the guys who played. At the two guard last season so he's gonna he's gonna get sean mcneil comparisons he's going to get taz sherman comparisons i mean they just play the same position so um i mean focusing on sean mcneil you take sean mcneil out and you put arm sleeve in and what does that do for your team they're definitely as as personalities they're putting down way different vibes. Sean McNeil not really a big talker. Um, Sean McNeil's nickname on the internet is Hot Boy B O I, and Eric Stevenson's internet nickname is Armsleeve E Steve. So you've got uh, like, what does that mean? How do they compare defensively? Eric Stevenson, his his numbers say he's not a sharpshooter like like Sean McNeil. I mean, Sean McNeil, I would not put him in the sharpshooter category. I did call him Shot Robot while he was here because it looked like it I was always going in. But when you switch those guys out from a two-guard position, what does that look like? Because I do believe, based on everything, that, he, that Eric Stevens is going to be a starter for this team. He's going to play substantial minutes. This is his last season. And I think if he has a great season, then that's going to be great for the Mountaineers. I don't see him balling out and West Virginia not being good I think it's going to if he's okay then that's not that does not bode well I think if he has a great season that that means great things for this Mountaineer team so we've got I think one more player profile that we have to get before we get into the season we'll do that down the road but that's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcast is great, Spotify Podcast is great, Amazon Podcast is great, Xbox. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt, WDU for the 2022 2023 season. They have zero wins and they have zero losses.